the show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, man, are we ever here for you today. So excited about this upcoming show. Welcome, moms, dads, kids, dogs. I guess a few cats. I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom, where we encourage moms. We focus on your amazing value as a mother in this world, because sometimes the world forgets how valuable moms are. Speaking of that, how can I fully express the value of what we've got on the show for you today? It's hope, peace, joy, love, comfort, and grace for every mom and child out there, and it comes from somebody pretty well-known. We have the privilege of having the prolific author, best known for his book, The Case for Christ, Lee Strobel, in the house today, but this time we'll be talking about his new book, The Case for Heaven. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so excited, if you can't tell. I think this show is going to bring huge hope, comfort, peace, etc. to moms, dads, kids, families today. So please stick around for this one. We'll be back with The Case for Heaven with author Lee Strobel in just one minute. Are you in need of some girl time or maybe a mother-daughter date? We've got just the place for you. Enjoy an afternoon of respite and refreshments with an authentic English tea. Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe serves a delightful afternoon tea or a delicious breakfast or lunch in their cafe, all at affordable prices. Offering special teas like the chocolate fountain tea or princess tea, there's something for everyone at Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe in Littleton. For a 10% discount, use the code CHANNELMOM. Visit lynnstea.com. That's lynnstea.com. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom. Whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison, on radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Welcome back to Channel Mom. I hope you've tuned in for a reason today, and uh, this show is going to be a help and encouragement to you. Um, I was just listening to that little ad that they've sped up, so it makes me sound even faster than I normally talk. It is about all the other outreaches that we have, and we just had our first graduating class of moms who take our curriculum in prison to re-engage them with their children and parenting so they stop that legacy of incarceration. So congratulations to all those mamas who graduated from our class. We're starting another one up in a couple of weeks. And a big shout out to our friends around the nation who listen in Oklahoma and now in Nebraska on a new time. We're on in a new time in Nebraska on Saturdays. Super excited about that. Little Rock. Kansas, Colorado Springs, Idaho, and also right here in Denver. So grateful to have you guys on board. I'm glad you listen. Okay, 
<laughs> I, yeah, I get a little excited when I have a guest like this on the show. And, you know, we, we shouldn't worship people. We should only worship God. But uh, I'm pretty excited about, about this one. Okay, so who wants to talk about heaven? Who could use a little hope and inspiration? We've got that for you today. You may know him as the former atheist and newspaper man who conducted his own investigation of the truth of the Bible and wrote the New York Times bestselling book, The Case for Christ. Yes, we are talking. Did I say the case for Christ? I meant to say the case for Christ. Yep, we're talking about Lee Strobel, who has a new case to argue now. It's the case for heaven. He offers incredible encouragement from his new book, The Case for Heaven, a journalist investigates evidence for life after death. We're going to give away some copies on the show today. Very generously, three beautiful hardback copies of that book we're giving away. So stay tuned for that. Welcome to Channel Mom, Lee. Well, thank you, Jen. It's great to be back with you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. If I, if I had my you know, choice, I'd have you on every six months. But <laughs> here you are. Um, well, you guys are awesome. I'm so excited about your uh, ministry to women who are incarcerated. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh. Tell everyone you oh. know, because we're, we're, we're hoping oh, to move to other states. We're hoping to move to other states, oh. like down in Texas and so on. So, um, That's great. Yeah, we'd love to do that. All right. So I like to start with a little bit of audio that introduces the topic that we're talking about in a unique way. And it occurs to me that we reference heaven a lot in our popular culture, but not usually in a very serious or meaningful way. So I thought this little audio clip would be a good example. We took just a few little snippets from one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I love that. I didn't have time to get some stylish underwear. Wife gave me this on my last birthday. <laughs> I passed away in it. Oh, where do you come from? Heaven. Yeah, and then they proceed to like fall out of their seat when they find out he, he came from heaven. So, okay, you've written this new book called The Case for Heaven, and, and what you do as a, as a journalist is you go out and you investigate it the, wood, the way you would when you are a newspaper man, and, yeah. and you do interviews and so on. And I used to be a reporter in TV, did the same thing. Right. If, if you only had one minute, an elevator speech worth of time, what yeah. would you say that you would most want to share about your investigation into the reality of heaven? Well, I'd like to share that uh, this is not wishful thinking. It's not make-believe. It's not legend. Um, but this is based on not only on biblical truth, and we trust the Bible for what it tells us about the afterlife, but as my book demonstrates, things like neuroscience and other areas of investigation uh, point positively and persuasively toward the truth of what the Bible tells us about life after death. Yeah. So in other words, we have good evidence that the Bible's telling us the truth. Yeah, and you went out to find something outside of the Bible to, to prove yeah. what the Bible says. Was yeah. I, I have a question. Was it your own kind of personal close-to-death experience that prompted you to write this book? It was. I almost died several years ago. My wife found me unconscious on the bedroom floor. She called the paramedics. I woke up in the emergency room, and I'll never forget the doctor looking down at me, and he said, you have uh, your your." Two steps away, uh, you're one step away from a coma, two steps away from dying. Mm -hmm. And then I fell unconscious again. I had an unusual condition called um, hyponatremia, which is a drop in blood sodium level. I lost a kidney as part of it, and I hovered between life and death for um, a, a while there uh -huh. until the doctors were finally able to save me. Now, I was a Christian at the time, so I believe what the Bible talks about when it's, uh, you know, it describes heaven and so forth, but 
like you a bit. I mean, I've got a bit of a skeptical gear. I mean, with our journalism background, we're taught to be skeptical. And uh-huh. So uh, this really prompted me to do this investigation to see, is there outside, is there evidence outside the Bible that points toward the Bible's truth about life after death? And I was, honestly, I was shocked by the strength of the evidence in that regard. Oh, that's encouraging. I mean, it occurs to me, Lee, as believers, and I came from a background of skepticism and and from Mm -hmm. a family who takes the concepts of the Bible seriously, but would not say they believe, you know, what what you and I believe um, about the Bible, literally, that Jesus came to die and for every Mm -hmm. wrong thing that's ever been done. And and because of him, we get to live forever. But it occurs to me that as a believer, one of the best things about the good news of the gospel is, is heaven. And and I think yeah. a lot of people want to believe in it, whether they believe in the gospel or not. But it makes right. sense that you would set out to prove the veracity of the promise of heaven because you believe yeah. in the gospel. I mean, do you link the two? Yeah, I mean, the gospels are clear that, uh, you know, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So in other words, people who believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the unique Son of God, was resurrected from the dead, paid for our sins in the cross, and then receive this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Uh, we're confident, we should be confident, that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. In fact, the first verse I ever memorized as a new Christian was uh, First Peter, uh, First John 5.13 that says, These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, in order that you may know that you have eternal life. So God does not want us in a state of anxiety or apprehension or yeah. uncertainty. He wants us to know that um, uh, when we leave this world, we can be with him for eternity. Yeah, yeah. I want to remind folks, we are giving away a couple of hardback copies of Lee's book, the new book, The Case for Heaven. Very generous. We have three um, copies to give away. So if you would like to be considered for one of those, yeah, it is awesome. Thank you. Thanks to your publisher as well. Um, Email. We can't take phone calls today, but email at info at channelmom.org. Info at channelmom.org if you would like to be considered to win one of these copies. I know we're going to get a bunch of emails. I'm excited about that. Um, All right. So, so. You kind of know my background. I know your background. Yeah. You were in Chicago. Chicago yeah. Sun-Times, is that where you were? Tribune. Tribune. Sorry. Yeah. Boy, yeah. that would be like sacrilege <laughs> for me to say that. Back. So <laughs> Chicago Tribune. Um, let's get to the case itself. And, and Lee, I yeah. want you to consider the fact that, yeah, we have a lot of folks who, who are Christ followers or Christians who, 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 you know, go to church, who listen to the, the words of the Bible. But, but there are some folks who tune in that really don't believe this stuff. So as you look at the research points that, that you um, kind of trace throughout your book, yeah. I, I would love for you to kind of argue it or, or talk about it in a way that, that the person who's a skeptic will, will um, kind of um, be able to uh, consider. And and I yeah. think first of so the first point kind of that you you landed on was that the, that they have discovered and, and I'd love for you to expand on this a soul consciousness beyond our yeah. brain to you does yeah. this pr- prove life after death? Yeah, I mean this is this is critical. I was a skeptic about what are called near death experiences. Uh-huh. I you know people talk about they died but that they were still conscious they went to heaven they met Jesus or whatever. But, you know, I, what I, I found, first of all, there are 900 scholarly articles written in scientific and medical journals over the last 40 years researching this. This is a very well-researched topic. Yeah. And what it shows is, beyond a reasonable doubt, in a corroborated way, that people, when you die, your spirit, your soul, your consciousness separates from your physical body, mm-hmm. just as the Bible describes. And um, uh, how do we know? Well, 
I'll give you an example. It's a woman named Maria. She dies in the hospital of a heart attack. She's declared dead. Uh, and yet she later says, I was alive the whole time. I was conscious the whole time. She said, my spirit floated above the um, 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 room, the emergency room where I was, you know, I died, and I could watch the resuscitation efforts. But then I floated outside the hospital. And then when her spirit returned to her body and she was revived from having been dead, uh, she said, by the way, on the roof of the hospital, on the third-story landing, there's a man's tennis shoe, and it's dark blue. It's left-footed. Um, it has a little wear over the little toe, and the shoelaces tucked under the heel. Well, they went up to the roof of the hospital, and they found it exactly as she described it. Yeah, That's just one example of the kind of corroboration that we have of things that people see and hear after their spirit separates from their body that are impossible for them to see or hear if they didn't indeed have this uh, out-of-body experience. And for instance, there was one study done of 21 blind people, half of them blind since birth, yeah. um, and they can see during their near-death experiences. There's a woman named Vicki uh, Umapeg. 26 years old, dies in a car accident. She, she was blind since birth, had never even seen a shadow in her life. She later describes, even though she was dead, she later describes, I watched the resuscitation efforts. I saw people for the first time. I saw clouds. I saw trees. I saw animals. I saw birds. I, 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 my spirit floated on my body. I, I went into the very presence of God. And then she returned to her body, and uh, she was blind again. Um, we see this in multiple cases, and one medical researcher said this is medically impossible. And that's just, you know, an example of the kind of corroboration that we have, that indeed we do continue to live. Our spirit, our soul, our consciousness continues to exist even after our physical demise. Yeah. Now, you're talking about near-death experiences. And yes. um, I have to confess to you that your friend John Burke, who you yes. interviewed, um, yeah. and has written a book called Imagine Heaven. I'm yeah. a little bit of a John Burke groupie. I'm just going to be yeah. honest. Oh, I, love <laughs> I do. You know, John and, and I were pastors together years, about 30 years ago at a church together. Wow. Years ago. Yeah, and he's yeah. a former engineer, so he's a little like you. that yes. he, he didn't believe, and then he started to investigate and, and realize the veracity of the Bible. But, yes. but So I've read his book, Imagine Heaven, again and again. And yes. um, you, you use an, some inter an interview with him about these yes. near-death experiences, which he investigated, to, to, yes. to be able to draw from some of those. You, and when you talk about blind people, I think there's one where they— um, put somebody's dentures in a crash cart and nobody yes. could find right. them. And the person who was dead while they did that, um, when he came back to life, knew where they had put his dentures, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Just That's incredible. Good example. I yeah. love now, now, John, you know, John came up with the conclusion. John studied a thousand near-death experiences over 35 years. Mm -hmm. I interviewed him for my book and a whole chapter on him. And uh, what he concluded, and this is so important, what he concluded is when you look at the core of what actually happens in a near-death experience, not how people interpret it, yeah. but what actually takes place, it's consistent with biblical teaching. Yeah. That's powerful. It is very powerful. And, and the point of that is they may interpret it differently to, to fit it yeah. into their belief system. But if you right. just looked at the actual facts of what unfolded, that's very that's consistent. Right. And, I, and I love that he, he did. did that. Before we move on from that, because you have so much evidence in this book. Um, yeah. What about the skeptics? And I think you and John touched on this a bit who say, no, 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 no. It's, it's chemically induced. It's, it's the right. trauma of, of dying that, that causes right. you to imagine these things. Like, what, what do you say back to that? Yeah, I, that's what I thought. I thought it was oxygen deprivation or hallucinations or whatever. Well, there was a study published in The Lancet, which is the most prestigious medical journal in England. And the conclusion of that article, which I cite in my book, is that 
Uh, none of these alternative explanations for near-death experiences stand up to scrutiny. None of them can account for all the dimensions of what actually occurs during near-death experiences. So that kind of shoots down all of these alternatives like, oh, yeah, it's just a hallucination or whatever. No, sorry. The Lancet, which is, you know, medically speaking, one of the great authorities in the world, says none of those explanations can explain it away. Yeah, like that it's chemically induced or it's a hallucination. They say, no, those things don't bear truth. So I I love that. Um, And you did interview a a Ph.D. named Sharon Dirks about the same thing, about consciousness that that, that outlives the body. And and so you you, you had a scientific approach to it as well. So I I, well, so with the NDEs. So let me say this. And this is kind of off the beaten path. But. I think uh, you'll have something to say about it. What, what I was comforted in, and I went through stage one breast cancer three years ago, oh. and, and uh, you know, I'm grateful to be alive just as you're grateful to be alive. But I, I leaned into John's book at that time. Your book wasn't written yes. yet, Lee, but I leaned into to his book <laughs> because it helped me. And here's why. Everybody, I think, almost without exception, who had a near-death experience had zero fear of death when right. they came back to life. They right. said, I'm not afraid right. to die now. And, right. and I think also of the early disciples. And, and they weren't afraid to put their lives on the line because they knew Jesus was who he said he was and that he was resurrected. So, right. so that impact of no fear is very convincing to me. What about you? Yes, I think it is, absolutely. And a guy gave me an illustration uh, the other day. I was speaking in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, he said, you know, when you think of how heaven can change our life and perspective in this world, it's a little bit like having a vacation on your calendar. So in other words, like right now in my life, it's really hard. I'm really, really busy. I'm, re- I'm stressed out a bit. It's difficult. Life is, is not easy right now. But you know what? December 1st, I start a month-long vacation. And so even though it's hard right now, even though it's difficult, I can always say, yeah, 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 but the vacation's coming. Yeah. And heaven's a little bit like that. We have hard times in life. Life is not easy. Life is difficult. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And yet, when you know heaven is coming, I got that on the calendar. I know it's coming. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. And yeah. it gives us courage for everyday life. It gives us peace for everyday life. It takes away the fear of, of, our, of our life situation. And um, I just think that was a great illustration. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, we are giving away Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Heaven. So glad he's joining us on Channel Mom. Just email info at channelmom.org, info at channelmom.org, if you would like to be a winner of that book. All right, we only have about seven or eight minutes left, Lee. So I want to mm-hmm. touch on some other important things. I want to sure. touch on the power of a mom, which you highlight a couple times in your book. But I also want to say this. This is touchy. The same God who speaks of heaven in the Bible also speaks to us about the reality of hell. And, and yeah. for some reason, you designated a couple of chapters to hell. Why did you think yeah. that was important when you were making your case for heaven? Well, because, you know, this is part of the reality of the afterlife, um, that hell is real. Yeah, I, I like to say the best news uh, is that heaven is real. The worst news is that hell is real. But the greatest news of all is nobody has to go there. I mean, Jesus offers forgiveness and eternal life to anyone that comes to him in repentance and faith. Um, And and so I did uh, two chapters on hell, and I think one of the key things I learned is that, um, and this goes back, um, you know, Augustine talked about this and many of the great church fathers, but uh, something most people don't realize is that hell is not a one-size-all-fits experience. In other words, uh, the experience that someone will have in hell is going to be different based on their culpability and so forth in, their, in this life. And that helps, I think, um, us deal with the fairness issue. 
Yeah. Um, golly, is it really fair that people, you know, who turn their back on God in this world and don't care about him and, and violate his laws and so forth, okay, that's bad, but golly, they're going to spend eternity in hell? That seems excessive. And one of the teachings that I explore in the book is the fact that uh, not every, you know, uh, Adolf Hitler is not going to have the same experience in hell as the, my next-door neighbor, maybe, who's an atheist and hates the idea of God, and for him, heaven would be hell because he doesn't want to be in God's presence. But yeah. they're going to have different in in hell. And I think that's important. You know, the Bible says in, in Genesis, it says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And we can trust that God is going to do right in the end. Yeah. You say something like only 58% of Americans believe in hell. And I've also heard people say, how could a good God send people to hell? But but I think, yeah. and you argue this, that, that what you say is, look, if somebody does not want to be in God's presence, then, yes. th- then they're free to leave it. And that is hell. Yeah. Um, because that's they're, they're right. right? Yeah, God doesn't send people to hell. We send ourselves to hell. Um, you know, and hell is not a torture chamber. Torture is, is in, uh, inflicted from without. It's it's torment, yes, because of regret. We gnash our teeth because of regret. But but and yet uh, the Bible suggests that those in hell are are not repentant. Nevertheless, yeah, they're still rebellious. Yeah, they well, still want to separate themselves. Well, from God. I, you know, I just I just um, lost a, a dear relative who. Um, I corresponded with for a while. In fact, I sent her John Burke's book about a year ago. Um, And she remained an atheist, as far as I know, till Mm -hmm. the end. Now, I was praying for her. And it just breaks my heart that people would choose that. So I want to touch on two other quick things before we let you go. Um, You say that you got some glimpses of how we spend our time in heaven. And I think some people, it it intimidates them. They think time really goes on forever. Isn't this going to be boring? I can't imagine this. Why would we want to live forever? Why would we want to just sing the hallelujah chorus for the rest of our life? I mean, you, you discovered some things. I did. And, you know, a lot of people conceptualize heaven as being very ethereal. We're kind of disembodied souls floating around on clouds or something. No, it's a very earthy place. It's the renewal of our world. Uh, so it's without sin. It's as God has originally intended it. Um, there will be festivals. There'll be um, um, uh, joy. There'll be relationships. We'll, of course, be focused on God, but we'll also have friendships and, and so forth. There'll be mountains and streams and um, so forth, because um, Isaiah and Revelation both talk about that. Uh, there'll be animals in heaven. Um, Everybody uh, asks so, about their pets. Everybody wants yeah. to. I was sobbing yeah. when I lost my golden retriever recently. I said, Lord, you oh. better make sure he goes to heaven. But I know oh, they don't no. have souls. You know, I mean, you know, you know that that yeah. anguish. Oh, I want to make sure we get to. Retriever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to make sure we get to this last thing. You, you interview an astrophysicist mom in the book and she loses a, a yeah. child and she talks about the importance of heaven to her when she lost a child. You yeah. also interview Luis Palau before he passes away. Yeah. And he yeah. talks about what his mother passed on to him in terms of faith and what she said he could be when he grew up and he ended up he ended up blessing the world and bringing many 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 people to know christ and and to know god um i just want you to speak into that that the power of a mother's faith in heaven the power of a mother's faith that she can pass along to her children the hope of heaven can you just talk about that based on what you learned yeah you know luis palau one of the greatest evangelists of our generation shared his faith with a billion people and he talked about growing up poor in southern argentina and uh, a guy came to the door one day, Their parents, his parents were not believers, and gave his mom a Bible. And I cried when I heard this, when he told me this. But she was so, she revered this Bible so much, she would only read it on her knees. Uh, and so uh, she read the Bible. She came to faith. Her, his dad came to faith. They were powerful Christians in southern Argentina. And he said when his dad died at age, when Luis was just 10 years old, um, he had scripture on his lips and a, and a hymn in his heart. 
And so I went to see Luis. He knew he was dying. He had a month to live. And um, um, I talked to him about his life and his anticipation of heaven. And he talked about his mom and how his mom would say to young Luis, Luis, there are villages around us that there's no church. Go tell them about the good news. And Luis would say, well, Mom, you know, um, I'm waiting for the call. I'm waiting for God to call me. And she said, the call, the call went out 2,000 years ago, Luis. We're not waiting for the call. Yeah. You need to just go. And he it changed his life. And yeah. it gave him courage to go out and share his faith. And he eventually shared it with a billion people in the world. Amazing. And Leslie knows the power of a mother. You know the power of a mother. Oh, um, yeah. it, it, it's amazing. And so I, with that, I want to thank you for being on Channel Mom with us and for writing this book, sure. Lee. What an encouragement. So how do people find Thanks. you and the book, The Case for Heaven? Yeah, uh, com. they can go to, or any bookstore, any online retailer has the book. And it's going to be a motion picture that will be in movie theaters in March. So we're Oh, really? That, uh, March yeah, of 2022? Yeah, sorry? Uh, at March of 2022. That's right. That's oh, right. fantastically. Yep. I did yeah. not know that. So, fa- well, congrats to you. The Case for Heaven, yeah. a journalist investigates evidence for life after death, Lee Strobel. Thank you so much for being on Channel Mom, and our best to Leslie as well. I will. Thank you, Jenny. God bless you and your listeners. Thank you. Take care. All right. So I, I, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. I want you to know that he, Lee and his publishers have graciously said that we can give away a couple of books. So email us at info at channelmom.org, info at channelmom.org. And this is the time in the show that I remind you how important you are as a mom. I do think we live in a culture that honors all kinds of stuff on a screen. And I, and I used to live that life where we honored a lot of bad stuff, frankly. And, and yet we're ignoring the women who are raising up our next generation for God. And, and so I want to remind you that God sees your sacrifice. He sees all you do. I thank you for all you do to raise your babies up well and make a difference in the world by doing so. Please check us out at channelmom.org. You can donate so that we can stay on the air and stay serving moms. You can pray for us. You can get served. We've got all kinds of resources for mothers at channelmom.org. So thanks for tuning in. I'm off to go see my kiddos. I'm so excited, this empty nester mom. God bless you guys. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our Donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.